Welcome to No Church Answers, the weekly Christian podcast for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys looking to model positive Christian leadership in our work, families, church, and communities. Want to discover ways to apply scripture effectively in everyday life? Tired of the pat answers in Sunday school? Then settle in for a gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny Christian podcast. And now, No Church Answers. And welcome, everybody. This is No Church Answers, a Christian roundtable discussion for men. This is podcast number 279. Hard to believe, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugar Line, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around. Bird. Not sure where you ended up, but spin it around. Find Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugar Line. And that's where we are. You know, we're not pastors. We're just regular guys, and each of us are on our own spiritual journey. And we're out there meeting daily challenges, you know, just like you. And that's why we are here. We're having a discussion for men, and we aren't taking church answers. And that's why we're glad you've joined us. You know, this has been called Authentic, Gritty, and Unexpectedly Funny. So make sure you check us out. Our podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are on Facebook, YouTube, and at NoChurchAnswers.com. So you can rate our podcast and leave a review. And you know, without your support, this would all wouldn't be possible. So uh, at this time, we're going to jump right in, and I'm going to introduce to you this awesome panel that we got. He is a former world-class policy writer, a current professional gambler. He's also the show producer, Mr. Steve Ditch. Hey. And, yeah. and he's wearing the Houston Cougars shirt on. Number right. one basketball team in the nation, happy. baby. Yeah. <laughs> Go Cougs. Well, yeah. Apparently that uh, tuition check got a shirt, too. Uh, so. My son went to no, college, I had, and all I, I got buy was this t-shirt. Oh. <laughs> Man, they should, they, they should give you a free coupon. You pay you pay your kids tuition, you should get a free shirt, or at least a bumper, so. a bumper yeah. sticker. Uh, a former prosecutor, he is an attorney, kind of the group informal historian, but we call him the judge, Your Honor, Michael Cropper. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. And he is a big deal in talent development, kind of a corporate trainer, theologian, industrial strength teacher, the professor, Robert Koshu. Hey, and my name is Bill Cox, and I am uh, basically a contractor when I'm not a caregiver. So, and with that, I'm, I'm going to jump right in and uh, turn it over to a professor. So I asked just for a moment before we start our lesson. So Steve, one of, well, our Facebook site, I think Steve did this one, shared something from the Christian Think Tank PH. Basically, they shared a photo by a person from Gabriel Long. And it's a Cheeto holding a door shut. And the statement is, youth pastors believe telling the youth to just have faith when the youth ask him hard philosophical questions. And I, I just wanted to address it super quick because as we talked about multiple times on the podcast, I've taught up in the youth area at our church, Sugarland Baptist Church, going on 20 years now. And I've taught youth even longer than that and still do continue to do it enjoy doing it it's one of the things in life that i really enjoy but it it, go read the actual post is what i want to say go to our facebook page no church answers from facebook and you can see it because the, the the answer is this youth should ask hard questions you should encourage youth to ask hard questions 
you should be okay to say, hey, I don't know. Let's go look at that together. And let's go see what the Bible says together about that. And let's pray about it. When you don't construct your faith, you're eligible for what the ex-evangelical group loves to call deconstruction because you haven't built a foundation and you haven't exercised your faith muscle. So I just want to say part of the reason we do this and the way we do it and the style we do is because you're supposed to ask questions. Are you supposed to ask questions? Yes. That's when they're forming their faith. Because in reality, and segue to our podcast, there is some hard-cornered truth that we'll talk about. But after you get past that hard-cornered truth, there's a lot of discussion and gray area out there that we can talk about. Michael Cropper. Uh, folks, we're looking at the uh, end of the first chapter of the... I thought we were going to yeah, introduce go right that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, is that okay? Segue <laughs> in. <laughs> okay, yeah, folks, we're going to look at the uh, uh, end of the first chapter of the book of Peter. As a reminder, in the f- previous podcast, <laughs> we explained that Peter uh, Peter was and to whom he was writing his letter, First uh, Peter. Peter told his fellow believers who were scattered out to various countries to the west of Israel to be strong and grow in their faith of Jesus Christ. And although they suffer very difficult trials, their hope of eternity was worth suffering for, and they would grow like gold, which is refined in fire, if they continue to serve the Lord and be strong. Now, in lesson two, or podcast number two last week, Peter further exhorted the believers to live holy lives because God is holy. And we got into that very well, folks. You might want to turn to that podcast, uh, How Do You Be Holy? Peter did not list specific details in the text that we read, that Bill read, and, and he did not say exactly how his readers should live, but he did say that they should divorce themselves from any evil desires they had. And they should live their lives as foreigners because their time on the earth is temporary and their real heaven is home. In other words, folks, he's telling them and telling us, don't get too attached to the things of this world. Now, today's lesson involves four ingredients to discipleship. Folks, if you baked a cake, you know you have to have specific ingredients, right? If you made scrambled eggs, you have to have eggs. But uh, there's other ways you can make it for French toast and everything like that. But the point is, to today's lesson deals with four things. Bill will read it in just a minute. And, uh, and you keep those in combination if you want to grow in your faith in the Lord. And a second topic that, that Peter will touch on in his, in his verses will be creation. And that's one of my favorite topics and Robert's favorite topics, especially if you listen to the Christmas story, um, our, our podcast for Christmas. Although, although the lesson is about those four topics of discipleship, faith, hope, love, and God's word, Peter reminds us that God had a plan for Jesus to come as his son to sanctify us from our sins, from the creation of the world. Bill? Okay, at this time, I'm going to go ahead and read the scripture. This is 1 Peter 1, and I'm reading 18 through 25. For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, 
a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Steve Titch. Well, there's a lot going on here, and um, I'm not sure we'll get to it all. As as uh, Mike said, we get in this we get wrapped up together: faith, hope, love, and the word of God. The 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 truth. Not only that, the tr- as truth. And we also get phrases like born again. We get a lot of things that that we're familiar with. Kind of looking at this in all packed into very a very compact form are are some things that make Christians Christian and what makes a Christian a Christian. And going back to Peter and I, and and we talked about this in the last two two weeks as we we've been starting the study. Peter was the hard hat, the guy with the hard hat. And here he is working a lot of this out in his letter, which we think comes around A.D. 60, 65. He's, he's started some churches. But unlike Paul, who had this, like you like to say, Bill, a, literally a eureka experience, Peter traveled with Jesus. He, Peter was, didn't go to college. He didn't go to the, you know, the schools the Pharisees did. He was a working man. But unlike Paul, he spent three or so years with Jesus, and he saw stuff that blew his mind, which is, which is what you have to remember when you read this, this section and this letter. Uh, there's no organized church here. But I, I'm going to put it into your terms, Bill, as a contractor. What, imagine yourself kind of being like Peter, but here you are in the 21st century, and you're picked up traveling with this guy, Jesus, and you're bopping along, and you come across a guy who's trying to deal with something of his house. And he says, I'm trying to, trying to fix my house up here. Can you help me with it? And you, being a contractor and Jesus and all, you know, you're going to help out. So you go in, and you pull off the, uh, the, the drywall. And underneath, you see these, this wood, and it's completely rotted out. Water, you know, just, you know, mealy, soft, coming apart, splintering. And you look at the guy and say, I'm sorry, you know, your house is a goner. This, this wood is all, all rotted out. It, there's no way you can do anything with it. And Jesus is standing over your shoulder and said, no, 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 Bill. Just, just wipe that, that two-by-four off there. Wipe that two-by-four off, you know, just grab a cloth. And you go, Jesus, the, the house is ruined. There's nothing to do. Just wipe it off. And there you go. So you wipe it off. And underneath, just after a little rubbing, is a two-by-four that looked like it just came off the mill. 
And then, and then all of them are like that. And that's the kind of experience Peter is having. Something that can't be explained. So now he sits down and he's writing about faith, hope, and charity. Now he has witnessed the resurrection on top of all of that. This is why we have to take the certain parts of scripture seriously. Now, Robert has his ex-evangelicals, which are somewhat like this. What I have are people who say, oh, I believe in the Bible. I just don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Or I don't believe that he did all these miracles. I believe, he, I believe in what he said, you know, all that stuff about the least of my brothers. But this is what all the apostles are talking about practically from day one. The earliest writings we have, Corinthians, Peter, all talk about this resurrection. They're not talking about the teachings. They're talking about the world has changed. It's not the way you thought it was. Life isn't the way it was like we were growing up, where we just worked, we went out, we fished, we made a living. There's something bigger than this, and it requires us to change our life. Well, All right, and, and, real quick, and, and, real quick, what I wanted to say is this. Christianity started out as a crisis religion. And the reason why I say that is this. It's hard to show faith in an affluent environment. And that yes. is exactly what we have here in Sugarland, Texas. You you have a risky environment somewhere uh, where you, it's people are poor or in war, or in farming, or immigrants. Those risky environments, you have faith, and you have hope, and you have community, and that is a deep-rooted Christian environment. You talk about the affluent. Affluence build walls. All you have to do is go down to an affluent area and you see the walls, the automatic gates. And that is the same thing is the way people feel about the community. They have enough to take care of themselves. It's hard to show or even need faith, hope, love. You've got your money that you're depending on. And so that is why I just want to throw that out. Christianity started off as a faith of crisis for the people that were poor. And you have to remember, it wasn't just Peter saw all that. Peter walked on water. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it, he he saw he 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 saw Jesus with Moses and Elijah. You know, oh, let's just stay here and I'm a little tabernacle, you know, kind of guy. I mean, he he experienced so many things, and so now he's working it out. And and I think that's one thing about Peter that I think we have to. I, I talked last week about making sure you put everything you're reading in the context of the times and in the context of that person's faith. And Peter had seen. And in my mind, well, we know he did by then. He had felt the wrath of the Pharisees. 
you know, in I, the early part of Acts. He was, he was pretty much thrown out. Yeah, of yeah, and so he he had experienced what happens when you don't have. So, so this kind of breaks down into four parts: that you have faith, hope, love, and the Word of God. And what Peter saw was a lot of Word of God. Because back then, remember, it was just Leviticus, Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And, you know, if you were in the right part of the Pharisees, you got the rest of the Bible, too, or the Old Testament, too. So we saw people that had the Word of God, and they may have had some faith, but they were missing the hope. Because go, go listen to our, to our podcast on the No Ordinary Road Trip from, to see how that group missed the boat you know, from hope and faith. But they didn't have the love part. And I think that's where the conversation revolves around. And I like how you put it, Steve, all four pieces and all four parts, you know, and having to have all four of them. And I think that's the most important part of this. Like Peter also, uh, to me, the, the, the most incredible thing was that as Robert said, he saw Moses and Elijah on the the mountaintop with Jesus. But the thing was that Jesus, he walked with Jesus for three and a half years, and Jesus said, I'm going to die. I'm going to be put to death. They are going to take my life. He says, you can't. You're God. You cannot do that. That's not going to happen. And, and Jesus rebuked mm-hmm. him and said, no, it can happen. I may be the son of God, but I'm still in the flesh. And so Peter along with John, beloved, saw him die. They were in the courtyard when Jesus was put to death. Uh, well, pardon me, when he was condemned. Then they watched him carry up the cross and put, be hung on the cross and watched him die. And then, to their astonishment, he arose from the grave. He arose again. And that could come from the enduring word of God because there's several things if we get to talk about it there's more, the word of God is not just a written word we read in the Bible, folks. It's the resurrection power of God as well. And Peter and John and the other disciples saw Jesus again, alive and very happy and very influential with them. Bill? Excellent. And we're going to go ahead and take our first break. This is Podcast 279. No church answers. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Bill Cox, Director of Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We hope you enjoy our show as much as we enjoy doing it. But our ministry needs your support if we are to continue to bring our TV show, our podcast, our live shows to men seeking spiritual refreshment. For as little as $5 a month, you can become a patron of Man Up, Spiritual Oasis. Get more details at our page on patreon.com. If you would like to support us directly, you can make a contribution through PayPal at donate at manupmedia.org. All contributions are tax deductible. We're not pastors, just regular guys. So whether you're successful or struggling, we hope to bring you the good news of God's saving grace as we share our own spiritual journeys. Please consider supporting Man Up. And no church answers today. And welcome back. This is uh, podcast number 279. No church answers. What makes a Christian a Christian? 
And I wanted to throw this out, although the other fellows are actually making better points than I have. Um, but I think the moment makes a Christian a Christian. I, I, I said before, I think this is a, cri- it's a, it's a crisis religion when you have to be in a crisis of some type and you finally realize, I cannot do it by myself. That's the Christianity. And it can be psychological, spiritual, physical, financial, relationship. It can be anything that you as a person cannot handle. And that can be, and that can be the door in. And so with that, I'm going to go throw it back out and uh, start with Steve Titch. Well, yeah. What makes a Christian a Christian, in my, in my words, is that you buy in to the resurrection. You mm-hmm. accept it. You believe in it. And, and while I was doing this study, um, I, I realized that Peter was literally an eyewitness to all this. He's not just writing 400 years later. He, and, and I'll get into the truth of Scripture, we'll talk about that. If we're going to accept the Bible as the Bible, and there's a lot of reasons to believe that Peter himself, if we're going to believe that Peter existed, if you want to go down that route, Peter wrote it. I mean, it, 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 the letter itself is quoted in early, early second century writings of Arrhenius and others we have every reason to believe it was written by this fellow named Peter. Absolutely. And, and so, and Peter says here, it's about the resurrection. He has this hope. Now, that's where this hope comes in. He has certainty. Hey, I have no doubts about it. There's something happened. Death isn't the end. Yeah, um, existence may suck. It may just, it, you know, we're going to get, you know, there are going to be days where we're hungry. There are going to be days where people die. There are going to be days where, where the, the Rome comes down on us. But it's not. I, I, it was demonstrated to me that this isn't the final word. And that's why, that's why this is so potent. It isn't, he doesn't have this namby-pamby Sugarland religion. Oh, yeah, we're going to go to church and sing about uh, right. bathed in the, uh, you know, and we, we take those lyrics um, bathed in the blood of, of, of the Lord, literally, because that's what he's saying here. And, 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 then, and then he ties it, and I'll go, because, because I know Mike wants to talk about this. He ties it back to his own religion. He says this is, this is the fulfillment of all the, the scripture, the law, the prophets, the psalms we sing. That that he you know, that he grew up with in his Jewish faith, so, and, and probably it was nowhere near as steeped in it as Paul's was. Paul was a scholar. Um, nonetheless, that's that's where you have to accept this coming from. You can you can say, oh, the Bible's all made up. I don't believe it. Or you know, this is all done. Fine, fine, reject it. But don't come in and say, oh well, I believe chapter one of Peter, but I don't accept chapter two. Because you got to take the whole thing. Well, the, thing, the, the way I look at it, and uh, Christianity to me always has been uh, a faith of strong men and examples around me. It's not a religion that you hide under a tree and mumble. It is, it is an action um, religion 
for me. It's for a, it's for people um, of of faith that want things that are better, not only for them, but for the people around them. Uh, so, Mike, were you? Uh, yeah, I, I I thought I would get a throw a monkey wrench in Steve's statement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just for a second, uh, folks, it's not not really that important. Other than it says. Uh, I wrote this letter through Sylvanus. So Sylvanus wrote the letter. That is Sylvanus. There's a reason for that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's oh, a reason oh, for that. Oh, he's years old. His, his, well, his, his, that was believed to be his, but his, 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 his the scribe. guy who actually, his editor. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, 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 scribe. No, no, yes. scribe. No, no, no. I, I just saw that. It's, it's mm-hmm. funny, but, uh, folks. Secretary, scribe, mm-hmm. somewhere along those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, in Genesis, folks, uh, Jesus is predicted in many, many places mm-hmm. in the Bible. I don't have the list for you. I apologize. I did not we go, go into this, but in, in, in Genesis, whenever, whenever Eve eats the apple or takes of the forbidden fruit, and her husband does so as well, uh, God judges them, and he also judges the serpent. And he says, and he says very clearly that one day, your head will be crushed or bruised by the heel of a, of a prophet. And I don't remember the exact word there, but the point is, you think, oh, I, I, you can brush over that, folks, real easy and not realize God had a plan for Jesus to come back then. That, that if, and I did, I've read that I don't know how many times and, and not realize that was God stating, I've, I've got a plan for the whole universe. I've got a plan for the earth. I've got a plan for my, my children. And, and my plan is out of my love. And my love is that I created uh, the earth and I created Adam and Eve to go in it and to, to uh, uh, manage and watch over Stuart Eden, the Garden of Eden. But they kind of blew that whenever they ate of the, uh, the tree of knowledge of, of, of uh, life and death. So they, God had to take them out of that particular uh, garden so they wouldn't keep that but he did plan back then because of his intense love for us and we haven't touched on this yet but but the what we call as a god's love is 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 not eros it's not erotic love it's not it's not friendship love although uh uh bill i steve and robert are, are very very good friends do probably do the podcast because we love the lord but God's love for us is what we would call agape love. And agape love is just unfathomable. To me, it's unfathomable because it says, the first commandment tells us what it is. Love the Lord and God with all your heart, soul, mind, and with all that's in you. And example of how you do that to other people, because the second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself, or the second directive that we're supposed to follow. And that means with the same love that God gave to us, which was creating a plan to redeem us for our sin way back with Adam and Eve. He did not look at the sin for us. Instead, he said, I'm going to send my own son, and my own son is going to come to earth, and he's going to become the perfect sacrifice for your sin. And he did this while we were sinners not while we were religious fanatics that loved him 
and, and worshiped and honored him. Instead, we were sinners and we rebelled against him. And he sent Jesus while we were still yet in sin. That's agape love. And we're to show that kind of love to everyone we meet. And uh, we've talked about this so much, uh, but yet Bill says, I'm not sure. He said a couple times, I'm not sure I could do that. I, I don't. I think I could turn my other cheek to someone who approached me and wanted to harm me or hit me, but I couldn't do that if it was to my family. And folks, I, I, I'm throwing that out because this is, sometimes we bring this up, sometimes we don't bring it up. The point is, is agape love is how you love the unlovable and how you love the person who doesn't know Jesus as Savior, right? Because you're trying to witness to him and you're trying to tell him about God's love. There is a limit though, because we're human. But the point is, is I don't know that I could, I could do this agape love. God did this by sending his own son. I don't know that I could send my son the to die for right someone there. else, right? But anyway, you're, you're coining it. There. No, you're coining, you're, you, you've actually, that, that's, that's the key part of this, this whole agape love. Why, why Christians are Christian? Because this is, this is one very important part of the Bible that everybody wants to keep. It's that, oh, God loves us. You want, you want to know where this comes from. It's, it's, it's the, the, the Judeo-Christian Bible. You don't find this in other scriptures. God loves the world unconditionally, despite it. And that's why, that's why Peter says, that's why Paul says, we are to try as best we can to imitate this love. First and foremost, Jesus himself said it. Go and love one another as I have loved you. And he demoned, you know, he demoned, his love redeemed the world. That is, that is, that is not, you know, oh, love each other because I think it's a great idea or love each other because then everybody will get along. No, love you because God loves everyone. And it's easy. Jesus himself said this. It's easy to love your buddies. Well, that's why I... <laughs> right. Even Bill. Easy. Even Bill, right? No, you've done, yeah. that does you no credit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But see, that's why I say, that's why I say Christianity is the uh, religion of crisis. The, the example of sacrifice is why guys will rush into war and they'll run into bullets that are coming at them to sacrifice for the better good. That's why the first responders, when they see a car that's in a drink and it's raining and it's flooding, that they will run down and risk their life and their limb for that one person. It's the example of sacrifice. And that's why I say Christianity, it's diff it's so hard to do in a fluent society. But it is it's easy to see an example of it in a crisis. I'm not saying it's easy to do. It's easy to find an example. When we had Harvey 
we we had the Cajun Navy over here. Remember, those dudes were bringing their boats that were in their backyard and everything. I mean, that was they were sacrificing for their neighbors. Yes. I mean, that was. That's why I say, and so many people, they, they get all flowery about Christianity and blah, blah, blah. Dude, it's given a shit. It's given, it's caring so much to do something that may be totally out of your nature and risking yourself and, for that person. And that's really, that's, that's one of the countercultural things we've been, you know, we, we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. It's okay, you know. You know, the, the, oh, I'll, I'll, my my family comes first. I'll do anything for my family. What will you do for? Yeah, the guy down the street. But this is going. But this is this is the. I think. The, no, this the, is this uh, what is I like the, to sum up though with, with this, agape love. I, I mean, okay. is is like you have to love people, but you don't have to like them. <laughs> That's kind of what it comes down to. Loving people you don't like. That's great. I mean, you yeah. don't have to necessarily. Yeah, that's the thing. You don't, it's not a. It's not this bouncy, bouncy kumbaya thing. The, I'm, the people in the people in all these churches we read, you know, they, they were they were arguing. You know, he didn't like him. He didn't like that because he was a Roman. He didn't like them because he was, you know, educated. Uh, he was a slave. And uh, you know, we're saying the, the, the messages don't matter. Just get along. Get along. Get along for an hour. Try that. Get along for a time to have a meal together yeah. and sing a hymn and say a prayer. And then yeah. uh, 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 that's, uh, uh, but believe it or not, as you, you get to that point, this is, this is kind of unheard of in its time. Excellent. And go yeah, ahead yeah. and uh, sing that hymn, say that prayer, because <laughs> we are taking our second break. This is No Church Answers. We'll be right back. Hey, pastors, pastors and church, church leaders. leaders. Are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is No Church Answers, podcast number 279. What makes a Christian a Christian? I've thrown it out that uh, that Christianity is a uh, is a religion of crisis, um, and so far uh, points given to uh, producer Steve Titch for the line "loving people you don't like," and uh, that that's pretty solid. <laughs> what, you're pointing at Professor? Yeah, no, I yeah. like him. Rob, I like we, him. We Don't worry. We kind of shut Robert down for a couple minutes. I was just wondering if he... Uh, if no, he all good. Right. Are you good, Rob? Right, right. All good. It's been a, been a long week at the office. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I was, I was going to say earlier, this is very interesting. I had just given myself my life to the Lord when, uh, when I was driving home from church one night. It was on Wednesday night, and... Uh, and, and, and the reason I bring this up, Bill and, and Steve, you said sometimes you, in, you instinctively help somebody or you, you, you know, you don't think, you don't think. And, I, and, and I, I drove a block from the church and 
uh, I could see a car over the side and I saw this guy on top of a girl hitting her in the car, literally hitting her like this. And I could see it was a girl because it was dusk. It wasn't night yet. And I didn't have a gun, but I had a big flashlight. (laughs) And I didn't, folks, I pulled over in front of the car, didn't think twice about it, and went back, ran back to the car with my flashlight. I said, and, and I didn't know what to say. I was saying, Lord, what in the world is happening here? Didn't have time. And I looked at him and said, what are you doing? He says, I'm beating my wife. Now, now, uh, tell you what, had I had time to think about that, especially today, I might not do that. Or most people won't do that necessarily. But, but the point is, that happened so quick, I didn't think about it. And he got out of the car and ran around and hit me. I hit him with a flashlight. He took a swing at me, so I hit him with a flashlight. The, the point was sometimes sometimes in a crisis situation, and, and, and by the way, when we, when we come, Bill said this is a, a religion of crisis. There, sometimes we don't have time to think. The Lord works through us in a, in a way just so quick we don't even think about it. But why did Christianity do so well at first? Because poor people don't have anything else than faith to work with. And if they see a reason for faith, they will help each other. The book of Acts goes all through this and explains all this, how the new Christians who didn't have anything were given goods and items so that they could serve the Lord and worship him by the Christians who did have items. So so while it's a a faith of crisis, it's also a faith of, of poor people tend to band together together and believe in something more strongly than wealthy there, people. There, there's right. no question. There's no question about that. But I, I'm going to throw something. Else. I, I want to throw a wrench in that go, idea go, too. Go, go, you might. You might. Yeah. Uh, you might have thinking the same so, thing. So I am. my wrench so was, aside from the poor, and the Jews, and the slaves, can someone tell me what the largest other group that adopted Christianity early was? The Roman soldiers. There was actually a big segment of Roman soldiers that adopted Christianity. And some people that trace that back to the centurion who Jesus sure, raised sure. his child. Mm-hmm. The centurion who was at the crucifixion. Two different mm-hmm. people were fairly certain of that. Mm-hmm. You know, that they trace it back to them. And why would that group have faith? Because they, they weren't rich, but they weren't poor either. No, they were not poor. You know... But they were crisis. Bingo. They were crisis people. They, they had something to, to what, look at. What, what's forgotten also, a couple of things. One is that uh, this, is all, this is all within the lifetimes. There were probably people in Jerusalem who lived there who were at the time of the Passover, the crucifixion, and, you know, big festival, whatever, big event. Romans always did this. And then, you know, a couple of months later, people start going around. Remember that guy they crucified, you know, at the Passover? Well, he didn't die. He rose from the dead. He died, but he rose from the dead. And then, you know, there were a couple of people. First of all, oh, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. But then a couple of people, well, you know, I did see it. He, he did appear to me. And, and, and as, as, as Paul wrote, he wrote, he apparently appeared to several hundred people. So there were people around who had direct experience with this or knew people. And this is... This is, you know, you're already beginning to get this talk about the, the moon landing didn't happen. 
It did because I remember it. I can tell you, I was on. It was on TV. It wasn't staged. It was real. Uh, you, if, certainly, if you lived in Houston, you knew people. You know people. People are still alive, but their children are alive. Their friends are alive. Who were at that day at Houston talking to them? Who who basically knew this was a fact? As Aldrin said, thousands of people aren't making this up and keeping it a big secret. So, this was. This was going around, and they weren't having debates even at that point in, in the, among the believers whether it happened or not. It was, well, was Jesus really a man, or was he a god? Did he ever really? And, and, and the, the whole debate plays out in the letters of John that Jesus was fully human and fully divine. Um, but to get to the point, <laughs> which I, people started dying for this. With, with the first apostles... If this is a big fraud, Peter, Paul, you guys, just give it up already. Come on. Come on. No one's... Nope. Nope. I saw... I was there. Go ahead. Kill me. Torture me. Burn me. Use me as a, as a, as a street light, the way Nero did. But damn it. No. Because I know this for a fact. I saw and, and, and yeah, I saw and it. And I believed it. And, yep. and then you get even a generation down the line. Pastor Taylor told the story of Polycarp. Polycarp was just kind of a church bishop in the early second century. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all he did was, you know, give to the poor. The local Roman magistrate was his buddy. He got a little strange, but, you know, he's not doing anything. And, you know, the Roman emperor is, I really hate these Christians. We we need something on them. And the the magistrate says, there's nothing on this guy. (laughs) And so, okay, then the Rome, the, the word comes from Rome. Okay, well, make him confess that the emperor is God. And Polycarp drew the line there. And the, the magistrate, his friend, said, oh, come on, Polycarp. Well, why, why, why can't you just simply say the emperor is divine, blah, blah, blah. And Polycarp says, no, because it's not true. And so Polycarp is executed, which takes us to this. I want to bring this up in the last half. We, we, in today's religious debates, you know, people talk. And you bring up Christianity, even if you bring up strong biblical reasons, somebody is eventually going to say, well, no one can really claim claim to the truth. Well, we Christians do. We, 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 we believe this and we think and, and, and we, we accept it. And at times, finally, when you, when you get down to it, it runs up against the plurality of our time. You know, we, we believe... You know, if someone says to me, do you actually believe the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ? And, and the yeah. best I can hedge it with is, well, I believe the Bible is true, and that's what my Bible gives me my understanding of God, and that's the way I understand it, and that is what I choose to believe. And that, I think, is the most non-threatening way I can put it. But I, if you're going to accept the Bible, you have to accept what it says about God. It's not a guide for living it's a story that's it's an entire narrative of God's redemption of mankind and and so at the end of the day that's that's part of this this is is not it's it's not a cafeteria you can't pick and choose either Jesus was a fraud or didn't exist or was just a guy you know we, we, I, I accept historically you know Josephus writes a little about him um which which even the early Christians did did add some stuff, 
but we know we know here's if you if you want to give what I what I think is a is a as good an argument I can get get Roman historians Tacitus Pliny the Younger um, uh, others wrote about this growing cult in the early first century that but they didn't write that much about Jesus of Nazareth, but they wrote that this cult is strange. They worship a criminal from Judea who got crucified. And, you know, and I'm not going to go down the ad hoc, well, oh, all the Christians are ch changed, Tacitus. You know, they, you keep bringing this up. Well, that was no. They, they wrote the same things they wrote, that this religion was malicious, mm -hmm. that it was superstitious. It denied the divinity of the emperor. They, they reported it. So mm -hmm. we know this was happening. We may not, we know, and, and, and my other thing is, is that there's a piece of graffito, famous piece of graffiti uh, that dates from the second century. Um, and it's probably just something like you see today in the on the bathroom walls, and it's mocking somebody. And it shows a figure, a human figure, kneeling before a crucified man on a cross and I believe written above it is something like Domitius, a name, worships his God. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, so, no, people didn't make up Christianity in 400 AD. That piece of graffiti is second century. <laughs> and, and it's, yeah, I mean, so, so some, someone's going around, where, and, and so end of day, you can accept it or reject it, but you can't take it halfway, and yeah. So, so this is this is the whole we're, this is the whole you know dangerous counterculture part. We claim this is this is the way to God. Yeah, well, this and, is the way it's going, and we're going to go ahead no, and. Oh, oh, uh, somebody wants to refute. That. Uh, I don't know because because it because yeah. if you if you really want to do this, so here here's if you want to believe Jesus didn't rise from the dead, here's what had to happen. Mm -hmm. So that means somebody. Overcame some Roman guards, stole the body after they overcame Roman guards, you know, soldiers who were there, hid the body, and then those, we're going to say it, we'll just say it was the disciples. All, tw all 11 of them got together and did it. All 11 of them, well, sorry, 10 of the 11 then met violent, horrible deaths. I mean, Matthew was crushed in India by tradition. You know, Peter crucified upside down. So they would not deny Christ. Is right, what you're saying. right, right. Their faith was yeah. so strong. And not only that, but, but you know, I'll, I'll quote an NCIS rule, Gibbs rule, because my wife's a huge NCIS fan. You know, the best way to keep her secret is to tell no one. If you have to, if you must, tell only one other person. So you're assuming 12 people would have kept their mouth shut, kept solid in their deal, to the face of violent death, and most of them were tortured more than once prior to being killed for this. Yeah, I'm not buying it. <laughs> you know, just not going to buy it. I mean, Paul. Paul had some crazy psychedelic vision. Yeah. You don't get beaten, stoned. He's got a long laundry list of things that happened to him. Before you get beheaded, <laughs> you know, because you had a psychedelic vision. You only do those things if you have true faith and had real encounters. 
that's how you put that up. Excellent. As we come down to the end of this podcast, I want to get just a couple of takeaways from uh, each of the fellows. Start with uh, the judge. Uh, folks, what kind of love are we talking about once again? That we've talked about, we've talked about Jesus Christ and the love that God showed us through him, through sending him to us for our sins and to, to be a sacrifice for our sins is called agape love. Jesus lived out agape love by coming and living and volunteering to do this and he died on the cross for our sins and to sacrifice himself and his blood became our atonement and Steve refers this in our format. We often talk about some of the things Steve says who guides us through this production through the through a podcast and he says our faith is based on the blood of Jesus Christ for our salvation now remember this folks God loved us it was not that we love God but he loved us so much John 3:16. for God's loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life so God loved us so much when we were still wicked and still in our sin that he planned a rescue for us to keep us from going to eternal death. And that was Jesus Christ. Bill? Excellent. Uh, Takeaway from you, Professor. Yeah, it, it, it comes down to all four. You know, faith, hope, love, and the Word of God. And having all four of those to build the foundation on is really what the central part of these scripture verses are all about. If we don't do that, then we run the risk of A, having problems with our faith, or B, driving others from the faith because we haven't adopted a whole piece. It, it comes back to what we've talked about over and over and over again is you've got to read the entire whole of Scripture in context and put it all together. You can't, as Steve says, you can't pick and choose. This, this isn't cafeteria. You can't read, you know, God condemns without reading about God's love. You can't read about God's love without reading about God's condemning. You know, it, it all fits together. And and as Mike so eloquently described, the Bible is the story of God's redemption of, the, of people to himself and God's redeeming work to bring lost people back to him. And it's not a book of literature. It's not a book of history. It has all of that with it. It's not really, hold on to your, hats boys and girls it's not a book of theology either it's a story of god's redeeming work to bring salvation to all mankind and that's what it's all about it has elements of all the others but the central theme of it is god's redeem redeeming people to himself bill excellent steve titch we we didn't talk about it now we, we we come back to it because uh, it's right there in John 1, 1, which we talked about at Christmas. The Word of God, because it can so mean so many different things. The, the, the Bible is the Word of God, but also sometimes the Word of God is personified 
as God. You know, the Word made flesh. So in this, Peter writes, we are, we are redeemed. And, and, and this, he, he goes out and says we're, we're redeemed by, uh, by something imperishable, by the precious blood of Christ, not silver or gold. That's something immediately anybody at that time could relate to. They're not redeemed by other idols, by other, other things that they worship. They, they are redeemed by the blood of Christ, uh, as, as you said, through this amazing act of love, and that this, this plan, you, it's all there in this reading. This, it was, it was, this plan was in place, Peter says, before the creation of the world, but was revealed to you now, to his readers. It was, was revealed to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and it was revealed because we saw him rise from the dead. He was glorified. And uh, the end result, the underlying is so, so love one another, just as he did. That's, that's kind of this plus this plus this equals love. But it's all bound up. And here's the difficult part, boys and girls. It's all bound up in the word of God. This is God's plan. This is what God wants from his mm. redeemed people in the process of sanctification. So many things that are in here that we only got one hour's mm, worth yeah. of, but yeah. this, this letter is so deep, I, I, well, I'll have to figure out a way to come back to it. But there it is. It's not just faith, hope, and love, all of which Peter had every reason for believing, but he also throws in the word of God because yes, this is this is the fulfillment. This is this is it. If you I mean, can you imagine this excitement? This was it. Excellent. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been podcast number 279, No Church Answers. And once again, thanks so much to our sponsors and supporters. And on behalf of uh, our producer, Mr. Steve Titch, Michael Cropper, Robert Koshu, my name is Bill Cox, and this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. So please rate it and leave a review. And if you have a question or comment, you go to our Facebook page or nochurchanswers.com and post it there. I want to make sure that uh, if you're unable to attend a church, check out Sugarland Baptist Church streaming services on Facebook, YouTube, sugarlandbaptist.org, and start Sunday at 9.45 a.m. And when you are ready, we hope you are, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church while local, so you'll go and participate. Find a small group, ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or Sunday School class, where you can join for small group discussions like this. And find one that is men only. If there isn't one, start one. This is No Church Answers, and we'll catch you next week. You've been listening to No Church Answers, the weekly Christian podcast for men. Tell us what you think. Leave a comment or review. Want to know more about us? Then visit nochurchanswers.com and our Facebook page. Check out our video series on our YouTube channel. You can also become a patron of No Church Answers by visiting our Patreon page. No Church Answers is a production of Man Up Spiritual Oasis Media, which is solely responsible for its content. 